We've won again. This is good. But what is best in life? How about... Howdy, howdy, and welcome, everybody, to Garage Gamer, episode 4D, the second half of our Gen Con coverage, which was originally the first half of our Gen Con coverage, but I couldn't get my co-host onto the mic quick enough. Ooh, speaking of which, I want to say hi to Heather. Heather, thanks for coming on the show again. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, sure. You sound awful excited. Well, it was hard to pin me down, I understand. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> not what I life. should say. But, uh... There we go. So, all right. See, even my wife can make semi-dirty jokes. So here we go. Uh, as you guys know, we go to Gen Con. Heather wouldn't get on the mic for the regular show, but she is a huge fan of Gen Con. And we got back. And so who better to chit-chat about about our experiences with than the person I was with? So what would you think of this year? I thought it was pretty good this year. Uh Lots of new games out there that I was interested to check out. Mm-hmm. And um, for the first time, we were able to get into the vendor's room an hour early, which made all the difference in the world. Great googly moogly. What a difference a press pass makes if you get there really early Thursday. Yes. we started. We, I, I started sitting in the line at 7 a.m. when they opened up at 9 to make sure that we were the first 100 in they, there to get well, these passes. Well, they opened passes. at 8, but the, but the room opened at 9, but the press booth opened at 8, and that's where you get your passes. First 100 people to get passes got tickets to get into the room an hour early with all the VIP people. What a line! That was a quite the line, the longest line I've seen there. That line was all over. It went through the, it went through the big main hall just behind the ticket sales. Out the door. I was surprised it was out the door. Around the building, and then into the short room, into the short way, so you can get into the vendors hall. But that was cool. Because we weren't the last ones to get in there, and it took us. It was when it, the line nine, started moving. It was about ten minutes. Yeah, it was like nine fifteen when we actually walked into that vendors room. That was crazy, but we're getting ahead of ourselves because this time was quite a journey. Because we normally get there late Thursday, but Heather and I both wanted to try to get into that press room early. So um, we had the... First of all, everyone knows who goes to Gen Con that booking a hotel is a nightmare. Because they sell out in... Well, I think this year they sold out in a couple of hours. They yes. said it was a day, but I don't even buy that. Uh, it was definitely a few hours for the ones, the, the hotels that were connected to the convention center or within fairly easy walking, walking distance as... We were not connected to the convention center this year, but it was a very short walk um, right across from the Indy Capitol. I still think people that want to be there the whole weekend, Wednesday through Sunday, should get a priority on that because we kept booking in, trying to get in, and it would be like, oh, you're locked out because people are just going Friday to Sunday or Saturday and Sunday. And those somehow those got booked up really fast, and then we couldn't get our... But so we managed to book a hotel a few blocks away uh thursday through sunday mm-hmm. uh we're gonna try for wednesday this year yeah we're not we're not doing what we did this year because that was a nightmare only for you because you got some weirdness about driving you get like car sick and stuff like that and you can't sleep and i can't sleep so what we did folks was um we went down to my in-laws house to drop off our daughters because they were staying with grandma and grandpa and had and- a lovely trip to the ozarks and it's like an hour closer than us almost. So we just stayed there, got up at 1 o'clock, and left. And we got there at like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. I was ready and raring to go. I got about four hours sleep, drove out there. Heather complained. Couldn't fall asleep because she was ner- You know, she knew she had to get up. Couldn't sleep in the car. I don't sleep in cars. I don't sleep on airplanes. If it's not a bed, I don't sleep. And so she was exhausted the whole time. I went 32 hours without sleep. So, yeah, basically we're going to try to book for a a Wednesday night hotel. Even if we call them and say, listen, we're coming, but we're getting there late, but we're still coming. 
Yeah. At least then we'll leave after right after work, drop the girls off. We won't get there till ten, eleven o'clock at night. But uh, but then we can at least sleep. Then you you can sleep. I can sleep. I'll be fine. So we got through that. <laughs> Leaving at stupid o'clock in the morning. We got there. It was cool. We got through the vendors hall. Had an hour. Um, got to talk to people that I knew that I could try to set up interview times with before anybody else got in there and snaked interview times, which was helpful. Oh well, and then there weren't. It wasn't crowded around each um, vendor area, so it was. Uh, you Seriously. could actually speak to people versus it, it wasn't wave noisy. And, and keep going. Yeah, yeah, you can go anywhere. It was great. It really was. It was like, wow. I mean, you picture. It was so nice. There's so many. In fact, this year, what they broke records again, didn't they? Yes. I, I think, think it, they hit over 50, didn't they? Or just under 50? No, no. It was over 50. 50s. Hold, please. I will look that up. But I know last year, I think it was like four, just under 44,000 or 43 right around there. It was 49,000 last year. Was it? Yes. That's not the email that I got. That's not what it said. Well, it's not what you read. Oh, let's see. This is what I put up with. Oh, okay. All right. So I was totally wrong, but it did grow by more than 10% this week. What was week. it last year? Uh, 49.5. Uh, what did I say? You, I, uh, what, what I did think I you say? said 42. I was saying 48. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. But, uh, so this year, unique attendance went up to 56.6. Yeah. This is getting stupid big. Like, it's very crowded. Um, and and not, hot. Not to get ahead of anything, but I was to the point where on Saturday I wasn't. I told David and Harrison that I was going nowhere near the vendor room. It did. It get, it got because it because as we all know, any kind of cons that you go to Saturday tends to be the biggest attendance day. And uh, I had that early peak on Thursday. I was able to see it on Friday. I said I'm not going there on Saturday. But so, you know, looking around, there was a lot of cool there was a lot of cool things there. So, you know what, before we get to talking about the best stuff, before we get to talking about the best uh stuff that we saw and the stuff that we really thought was the new hotness, uh we're going to take a break right here. Um we're going to take a break. Uh if you listened to the Wild West Exodus episode of Garage Gamer, you know, I talked to Sean said we would talk to him at Gen Con and we did. And uh, it was cool. Dude, that was so cool. Recorded right in the vendor's room. Like, they set up a space. They let me set up the equipment. And anyone who's seen the equipment knows I have that whole mini mixing board. Um, They gave us space to set up. Set it up right there. uh, Recorded next to everybody. It was so much fun. Recording right there live. Um, So, right now, we'll play that for you. And when we're done playing that, we will come back and talk about the new hotness and all the things that we bought. All right, folks, we are back, and I am here at Gen Con at the Battle Foam and Wild West Exodus booth. I told you guys at the last Garage Gamer, Sean would be back talking about Wild West Exodus, and he's here. Sean, thanks for coming back on. I am here. It's official. I'm in the building. We usually have to go into the little press room. Yeah. We're actually in the middle of the vendor's hall. This is actually kind of exciting for me. Yeah. I've never recorded here. This is very exciting. <laughs> it's like this is like live in the field. Yeah. It's exactly. like NBC News live in the field. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this is fantastic. So, what? okay, so you're here. I see here. you've got some uh, Gen Con exclusives. What, what do you guys yeah, uh, got here? So, we've got two pre-releases. They're really exciting for us. Uh, it's our second legendary model. It's... Uh, Legendary Abe Lincoln. Legendary Abe Lincoln. I, mean, you know, I know you saw it. Yeah. You, you were digging it, and uh, that was a really cool model. For anybody who just wants to picture it, it's big Abe Lincoln, long leather coat flaring out the back, swinging an axe, bringing it down, and the only thing I can compare it to is if you've ever played Halo, when you have that thunder hammer thing or that... Boom. <laughs> <laughs> he's just bringing the pain. Yeah, he's got the beard. He's got, yep. the, he's got the hat, the stovepipe hat, and, you know... It's almost like uh, it's almost a little out of place, but then you're just like, no, no, this is Abe Lincoln, yep, hundred percent. And then the other the other model that we've got is a an enlightened boss. Uh, his name is Fr Came, and uh, he's kind of if you know sort of mythology things like that. Came is a uh, is a demon of flight, right? So uh, you have 
you have this guy with these big metal wings on his back and a rocket pack and two guns blazing, falling down this rock, and then uh, he's going to be one of the leaders of the Enlightened, bringing a kind of new age to the Enlightened. He'll have these flying machines that'll that'll really just tear things up in the West. Oh, jeez, that's going to be so. You, now, yeah. you, now you're introducing flyers in your next. Yeah, so not even necessarily just like big flyers, that sort of thing. Just think more things that fly. We've had one or two in the Warrior Nation, and now we're really bringing it around. Like more factions are getting it. It'll be fun. This is getting exciting. So now, do you have a new faction coming out I thought we were talking so, about? Yeah, our new faction, uh, Holy Order, is also here. That's another big release. Uh, we've got the, the starter box there. We've got heavy support, light support, uh, you know, full a full range of miniatures to start playing them right now. I mean, you can get going playing Holy Order, and they're really cool. They have a they have a d- little different flair than a lot of the other factions. Um, we're bringing in a lot of a little Greco-Roman, a little Japanese Eastern sort of flair. So a little bit different than sort of the, the normal Wild West Exodus sci-fi thing going on, but it, it's awesome. So, I mean, so I mean, you, you not only is it a new faction, but it's it's. I, it's a, it's a very foreign faction to yeah, yeah. not just foreign saying you know Asian but yeah. but something that is just very not American right, West. Right. These guys are coming in, so it, it and what's really cool about it is once you once you start to know the backstory of Wild West Exodus, these guys are huge in it. Uh, I mean, effectively, this is the first faction of Wild West Exodus. It, even though other ones have come out before it, this was the first one. Uh, so when you read the background fluff, they they appeared before anyone else. So now they appeared like people knew about them, or were they just sort of hiding in the background, sort of? So they were the original humans on Earth. Oh, uh, okay. They're you know they're forefathers of who's you know who the Holy Order is now. They were the first humans on Earth, uh, and then when things got rough, uh, you know, on Earth, the aliens came and they fought the aliens, and then. Part of their job is to hold on to the pieces of the relic that will allow them to then fight this evil once again when it comes back. And nice. now that things are starting to pick up again and they're starting to see these signs of evil, they're starting to come out of the woodwork a little bit. But they've been here. They, you know, they've been a lot, uh, among the people, but they didn't know who the, you know whether that guy down the street, what he was up to or like what he was doing, and now he's starting to So they've been the fight. watchers in the shadows for a while, but now yeah. th- as the signs are all all coming together yep. they're yep. starting to come out and and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and assert themselves yep very exciting yeah exciting stuff so are there going to be some more uh more novelizations and more books coming out definitely with, with them? and then along with the holy order uh we have bastion a new book by craig gallant here at the show okay uh, yeah so that that's a new release uh it's you know is pretty that much the fresh. third book in the series then? so we've got our three books in the jesse james series and right. this is actually our fourth book oh so okay you know it's a new book on a new sort of uh background line lineage of uh of story so you know we've kind of wrapped up to an extent the uh jesse james uh trilogy okay but then uh you know as far as the trilogy goes but jesse james's story is still going uh he'll he'll touch base in some of the other future novels but uh now and now we've got bastion we've got a few more novels coming out this year as well and we're just going to keep pushing different sides of it Excellent. Uh, so yeah. you're hitting it. You're hitting it on all cylinders. You've got mm-hmm. the models. You've got the books coming out with it. Oh yeah. You got the stories. And, I mean, it's it's busy. It's I mean, busy. You yeah. know, we're. One, I think one of the reasons we're doing it in here is so you don't have to get more than twenty feet from yeah, the, exactly from the booth. Yeah. I, you know, keep a watchful <laughs> eye over on the booth on the other side of the wall, and uh, you know, we're, we pretty much have a solid line of people wanting to demo the game, get their hands on it. A lot of them saw it last year or have heard about it in the years between, and now here at Gen Con, this is kind of a lot of people's chance to get their hands on the game, demo the game, and then you know, pick up a two-player starter box, bring it back home, get a couple people into the game, and then see where it goes from there. I, I yeah. think a lot of people are just like, I really like it. I want to get I want to get my friends into it, and then we'll see where it goes, and and maybe pick up another faction starter for something else that maybe you know a friend likes uh, zombies and robots. So we'll pick up the Enlightened so they can play zombie robots that sort <laughs> of thing. Go. Or they uh, they like the religious fanatics, so they're going for Holy Order. Just different things that you know people just kind of latch on to that aesthetic to uh, a faction, and and that really grabs a lot of people's attention. Is that it, they they all have very unique and interesting aesthetics. So depending on what you like, there's something that you can fit into the Wild West universe. That's one of the things I noticed. You had the different the different Indian tribes, and mm-hmm. so you've got that sort of that sort of Native American theme. Mm-hmm. You got your cowboys. You got your you got your uh, you know outlaws. You got your union. So there's if if you're even remotely interested in yeah. you know American history, there is something in there. Whatever that is that you like, definitely. You guys have managed to grab a faction and 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 make put it in there. And it's going to do nothing but get 
even there's going to be even more of that too. Uh, the future factions we have planned are really going to round out kind of almost anything that you could fathom from that time. Uh, you know, we have things planned down the road for things uh, for the Confederates. Okay. Uh, so you know, we'll see the Confederates come to play, and we'll also touch into that sort of like voodoo culture as well. Oh, uh, so down again, down New Orleans way. Yeah, d- down New Orleans, <laughs> and uh, you know, we saw that in the Jesse James series. Uh, we brought a little bit into that, the little a little bit of plantation life, and hinted and, at it. You know, into that whole atmosphere, and then we're going to delve even deeper into it. Um, and that's that's coming down the coming down the pipeline. Then we'll have. You know, we'll bring the Spaniards in. Uh, it's sort of that. Oh wow! You know that that Western expedition uh, sort of realm of the Span- the Spanish con- uh, conquistadores and and things like that. That'll be coming down the pipeline as well. And then eventually we'll get to the point where the Watchers show back up the aliens. Oh jeez! So we'll we'll really come full circle. So you're working from, this whole story. Yeah. And you know, one of the things it's one of the things I really like about Wild West Exodus is it's. You know, it's that alternate history. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a big fan of alternate history. Yeah. Because I already feel familiar. Like, when you sure. show me this stuff, it's like, okay, I already know yeah. this stuff. Now, you, you, obviously, the spin mm-hmm. is where the interesting stuff in the gameplay comes in. Yeah. But I'm already sitting down going, wait, I know these guys. I know that I like this. I yep. mean, that's, like I said, the union. I'm from Illinois. You know, right. I've been down in Galena so many times. Ulysses Grant, that's all you hear about when you yep. go around there. So, well, these these are my and people. You're like, There's Grant. <laughs> exactly. There he yeah, is. It looks a little different than I remember him, but there he is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 really a lot of fun, guys. If you're listening, I really obviously if you're listening, duh. But <laughs> I really recommend you you check out this game. It's really cool. Yeah, and we spent a lot of time putting it, putting a lot of hard work into it. So it, it's really cool, especially here at Gen Con, to see a really good response out of it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's one of those things that you know. Actually, the background came first to it. So, like, here's this story that, that gets built up, and then it was like, okay, time to make a game out of it. Um, and you know, now that now that it's gotten to that point, having that uh, having that really cool sort of twist, even on the gameplay, mm-hmm. that's very unique. Uh, you know, having it a D10 system, alternating activations, uh, sort of this really scalable size. You know, you can play with three models, you can play with forty models. It it doesn't matter. You know. Yeah. You, there's a way to play in all those levels, well, and you, and I noticed your display boards. You have one that looks like like a, like a like a John like a John Ford movie, just out mm-hmm. in the west with all yep. the rock mounds and stuff. Yep. Rock mounds, some, a mining carts and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and then your next one over, it looks like there's going to be a gunfight. I mean, yeah. it's it's like it's a city street. You got the saloon and yep. all that. I mean, the, it looks you got like the brothel. The, you know, yeah. you're ready to the high noon set going yep. on there too, which was really nice. Yep. It also doesn't hurt. I noticed you've got Jim Wapple. Yeah, the painter over there. Yep, Jim is over there painting, painting up, up your models. <laughs> nice looking models always yep. help sell. Watching him sitting there doing his thing is really cool yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, and and people are coming up and asking him questions as well, and and he's getting to show them on Wild West Exodus models, and you oh, know, yeah, and, and it helps to uh, you know when people are coming up to the booth, they get to see you know where they can take that model. You know, right? It's so because he's he's really good at kind of showing off kind of all the steps. You know, here's one that's primed. Here's one that's partially painted. Here's one that's almost finished needs a couple more touch-ups uh and then you can look over and you can see his finished work over in the case as well yeah like he just got our siege train done and that is a that is a beast i was looking at that and it's i mean the it's it's another one of his non-metallic metals where it looks like mm-hmm. it's just going from white to black almost it mm-hmm. it, it it's, yeah. There's a hint of a little bit of blue, but it's almost like just this graded. I'm looking yeah. at it going, wow. I mean, that looks yeah. like that looks like a gradient a computer makes, right? You know? yeah. And then you know, and then with the dark, it's got the soot all around the mm-hmm. parts. I mean, he was just sitting there before, before when I walked up before we got ready for this, showing guys his little shaded base coat techniques. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is how you prime. Don't just don't no worries. This 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 boom boom boom. He goes, you're halfway done and you've just primed your model. I'm just like, yeah. and all you know the people around him are all go, ooh. <laughs> actually hurts me he's like oh i need one of these now now that i know how to paint it i need one so yeah. that's it's all coming good. it was it was just a great time just kind of standing around the booth seeing all the things Definitely. you have going on i mean it's a it's a busy booth and and that's what's cool about it is that that also brings people into you know we, we've got volunteers there helping to demo and those people are people who just love the game already and right. and it really shows that community that's already building uh, behind this game, and we're just bringing more people into this warm, welcoming com- community. Out of curiosity, what's up? You know, um, what's it? Uh, what are their names? You know, Privateer Press has press gangers. And sure. these guys. What are you guys calling we, your guys? We have the deputies. The deputies. Okay. Yep. So we've got the uh, the outlaw managers, deputies, and so you can be an outlaw deputy. 
<laughs> nice. So, an outlaw deputy. Out, outlaw deputy. If someone is interested in yep. becoming an outlaw deputy in their area, mm-hmm. who do they contact? So you'll contact me. Uh, the best way to get through to that is you go to outlawminiatures.com. Okay. And there's a deputy program sign-up sheet. Uh, gives you all the things you need to hit on to be able to get into the deputy program. What you need to do in your local area. Uh, who you need to talk to as far as like store owners and things like that. Uh, paint up two posses that you can play with and demo the game to people. And then uh, send out an application and get it going. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, listen, I've taken up enough of your time. I know you've got to get back. There's things going on. But Look. thank you so much for coming on. Definitely. And um, Always good. When, uh, when the next move comes out, yeah. we'll be back on. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Okay, and we're back. And um, seriously, that was that was one of the most fun interviews I've done because I didn't have to do it in the hot little press room. I got to, they just made room for me right there in the hall. Um, and uh, we're got one more part to that interview later in the show. It's like on the scenes reporting. Yep, uh, I got to talk from to Kip from Battle Foam too about the new Battle Foam stuff coming out. Excellent. And we'll play that a little bit later. They were really they were really cool. Like they were really fun to talk to these guys. Kip and Sean were you know. And like I said, they made room for us right near the register. So That's kind of cool. As people were coming through and walking by, there we were just doing their show. That's kind of cool. If anybody had asked like what you were doing and stuff, that would have been cool. It would have been nice if I had some business cards. Well, now you do. I told you last year to get the business cards. Well, I got them now. So, but so new hotness. Uh, th- there was a lot of really cool things. You know what? It was weird. It was. Last couple of years, I sort of I, I kept running to the new hotness and getting in the lines that everyone was getting into and had to see the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And this year, we didn't really do that. We were just like, hey, let's go look at stuff we like. I did. Did you? Yeah. Would you get in? Would you get I in long st- lines I for? Stand it. I st- stand. You standed. I did. I stood. So yeah. So we got the. Uh, so I stood in line for the Firefly expansion set. What was I doing? Uh, you were trying to set up some interviews. Oh, okay. So I went and hit this line. Um, I actually got in line during the preview. Yeah. Which helped, but the line was still long. Everybody wanted it. So we did get a copy of the expansion Blue Sun. The Firefly game is just awesome, though. Along with Pirates and Bounty Hunters. Yep. To go with it. And two small uh, card decks in there, too. Yes. We, Basically, I, we have all the expansions I don't expansions know what the card now. decks are for just yet, but we have them. We have all the expansions except for getting the plastic models in the fancy half resin for those of you who want to paint and be fancy with the models. But David clearly has enough to paint right now, so. <laughs> you ain't kidding. So. I got too many dwarfs. Let's, and zombies? And zombies to paint, yes. So, I yes. figured. Thanks to Mantic. Here's more zombies. So, uh, yeah, so I said no, so we just picked up uh, the two. That was cool. Um, the Star Wars Armada was the big, sort of the big thing, at least from where I was standing when I was walking around. There was always people hovered around that table for Star Wars Armada. Yeah, we hovered as well. Um, not available yet. Surprise, and we, surprise. And we didn't hover too terribly long. Harrison actually kind of got kind of bored. It was like, I can't buy it now, then I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of agreed with him. Can't buy the game, then... You know, there's still pending licensing. There could be changes, but um, giant star destroyers and big rebel cruisers are just—I mean, that's—and the cute little tie fighters and X-wings and the little formations. Yeah, it, it was the star destroyer. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the star destroyer. Yeah, everybody was hovering around that. That's going to be—that's going to be a great game. Everyone was wondering how are they going to—if if they're doing X, X-wing to scale, how are they going to bring in really big ships? Well, they're not. They're going to make a different game. And it's going to be more like, and reminding me of Battlefleet Gothic, which is the huge ships. Which I, I actually like that the ships aren't to scale, so you can actually see the game, unlike another similar type of game which that one? we were looking at. The Star Trek. Deep oh. Space Nine. Okay, now let me preface it's this by saying that I am a huge Trekkie. I have been... I was raised on it. My mother's a truckie. I work 
Star Trek cons, I am a Trekkie. And I looked at that and I said, this is kind of ridiculous. It's really cool that there is Deep Space Nine and the Borg Cube. But let's be honest, the, I have a, a light-up, really cool light-up Borg Cube that David got us, got me when I was still dating him. And it looks better than this than this model. And uh, they're, just, they're just big. Uh, I want to say that Borg Cube is a, maybe a six or seven by seven cube. Well, it's, it's a it's cube, big. yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good seven or eight inch cube. Deep Space Nine is the size of your head. Deep Space Nine looks nice. Yeah. It looks really pretty, but... I'm going to use that picture for the... Oh, the photobomb picture? Yeah. I had, These guys were all standing in line waiting to buy it, and I said, do you mind if I just get a picture? The guy's like, you mind if I photobomb it? And leaned in and smiled as I snapped the picture. I told him, I said, I'm using your picture for the for the show image. So so I don't know who that guy is in the show image. He's just some dude who was photobombing Deep Space so Nine. So why did it look kind of cool? Um I, the 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 sheer enormity of them, I think, is going to be difficult to play with. Um, we have a rare, we have a pretty good sized dining room table. It's also a square, and I think we would be troubled. I think to to play with it on on this table. Yeah, I mean the things. Yeah, it's it's monstrous. It's just it's just too big. I mean, some people have already seen it because I guess I guess that they used to give it away as prizes at big tournaments for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Then they realized you could only get it at tournaments and people were selling it on eBay for like triple that. So they're like, well, screw that noise. We'll sell it ourselves. So we did. Uh, there were several Mars Attacks games there, and we are a Mars Attacks family. Always yes, been we fans are. of Mars Attacks. I was pissed when you found the dice game, and by the time I got over there and got a demo and decided, dude, the whole family could play that oh, game. Oh, the dice game is cool. And, and again, when we talking about game playing, I prefer dice games. Um they usually, usually kind Warhammer's of. Warhammer's a dice game. Yeah, I don't want little toy soldiers. Um, it's a little. It's usually a little quicker, and nobody will ever say Warhammer's a quick game, <laughs> ever. It is when I play it and get my vampire to cascade on turn one, but that's a different story. Uh, no, the Mars Attacks uh, dice game. It'll be out in October. That was awesome. I got to pick up my Mars Attacks from Mantic, which everybody heard. Um, and the Mars Attacks is. You know, it's the half board game, half miniatures game. Like everything comes complete in the package. The wreck terrain, all the guys. I'm 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 excited for the second wave shipment of the stuff from the Kickstarter because that's got the flaming cows and the big spaceships. Oh wow! Yay! Yeah, I love Mars Attacks. How could you not like Mars Attacks? Um, you know what was the big hotness with our family was all the RPGs Harrison kept going to. Oh, okay, when you say our family, you mean Harrison. Well, I mean, you know, as a group, that was a big deal. He was gone. Four-hour stretches. Four or five hours at a time out playing vampire and, and mage and werewolf and whatever was open. He just kept coming back. Mm-hmm. The guy said I could get in on his next one even though it's full. Can you go get me $6 worth of generic tickets? Okay. Then he come back. The guy said I can get in on tomorrow's game even though it's full. Can you give me $6 of generic tickets? He would have signed... That he, that's a big thing. Next year, we're gonna have, as soon as they open it, we're gonna have to sign up early. Not so much for the tournaments because we don't do a lot of tournaments, mm-hmm. but just so Harrison can get in on these things he wants. Because now that he's, it was weird. He always kind of hung out with us, but like he's thirteen now. He's old enough. He wants to do his own things. Almost fourteen. He can get around the place on his own. Like even when he was leaving and going across the street to the other hotels to the other places for these, for these. Um, for the RPGs where they were set up. It was like we didn't worry about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a phone. He's off going off. And he was having a blast all by himself, which means we could do what we wanted to do, too, and not have to worry about if he was okay. It was yep. really cool. It was a very different experience in the last couple of years when, when he was with us. So, but, Yeah, uh, so I'm waiting for that Mars Tech dice game. <laughs> October. We'll get it. We will be picking it up at UGG. At UGG. The show's sponsor, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. So, um, we did pick up a few other games. Our, our first thing we picked up was not Firefly, was it? No, it was not. The <laughs> very first game was a game that I picked up. Over at Game Salute, which I just thought was like a game store that was sponsored the D6 generation, but apparently their names are all over the games. Dude, talk about a nice booth, too. Nice people there. Handed out some water and... 
Yeah, if you sat down for a demo, like, are you hot? Here's a bottle of water. We went to buy stuff here. Here's another bottle of water. I must have got a half a dozen bottles of water from them over the weekend, just sitting down demoing games. Which was nice. They give you little coupons for discounts. If you like this game, go on up there. You spend this much, you get a discount. And so what game did you pick out? So, like many women out there, I am a big Jane Austen fan and have had delusions of Mr. Darcy through high school and college. So they have a game that they funded with Kickstarter called Marrying Mr. Darcy. Marrying Mr. Darcy. Oh, and they've even got a, they've got a Twitter account that's at Marrying Mr. Darcy. Cause yes, because they, they've it, tweeted at me. Yes, because yes, they're all excited. They told to me to it. watch out for Mr. Wickham. He's <laughs> not nice. So why don't you read this game description because it's hysterical. Sure, I will read this game description. Marrying Mr. Darcy is a role-playing game where players are one of the female characters from Jane Austen's novel Pride and Prejudice. Players work to improve themselves and become more desirable as potential wives for the available suitors. Our heroines attend events and build their character, but extra advantage can be gained by strategic use of cunning. But be warned. Though you can turn down a proposal from a suitor you do not admire, you will run the risk of becoming an old maid. (laughs) (laughs) And we did pick up the undead expansion for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yes. But here's an example of one of the cards on the back. Because this is just funny. It says, Scandal. Your gown was deemed far too revealing. Discard your character's top reputation card. So. Yeah. I'm digging this. This it, is this it, is going to be so much fun. It sort of looks like Dream Date, only taken to the nth degree. Well, yeah, it's Mr. Darcy. Who doesn't want Mr. Darcy? That's just too funny. But you got hooked on that, and I found a game there called A Duel Betwixt Us. Uh, and it was also from Game Salute. And it took me about two days to get a demo in. But um, it's a two-player card game. And it's designed to test your manly worth through the ancient and secret, sacred art of violence. Um, and basically, you're a rich guy who owns a mine, and you ha- send out your miners to be mining gold and silver and copper. And um, then you purchase blueprints to make weapons and armor and shields. And once you have some, then you can pull duel cards and try to duel your opponent. You each start off with four red roses. And that's other people's esteem for you. And the object is to get all the roses on your side, and you win. Um, when we played the demo game, I was playing as Harrison, and the guy was teaching us. Harrison had built up a really nice weapon, but I had a solid gold cod piece. So when we pulled the card that said you could only fight with armor and shields, Harrison had no armor. He just had weapons. I did have armor. I had a solid gold cod piece, which I proceeded to pummel him with and steal roses from him. This game is so much fun. Uh, the cards are great. It's on a nice thick stock. Uh, we had a blast. In fact, I think we bought more stuff from Game Salute than pretty much anywhere else. You know, I was just going to mention that. What I liked about Game Salute's games were uh, they weren't your typical fantasy games or sci-fi games. I mean, well, we we're got- in Jane Austen, England. Who makes a Jane Austen, England kind of game? It was kind of neat to see something a little different. Well, we also did pick up Epic Death from them, where you are off trying to collect treasure and die an epic death, so you'll be remembered. Well, I didn't say all their games are like that. <laughs> but that game's actually funny, But it was nice to, to have some variety. Yeah, they did have a lot of things that had that sort of Elizabethan period, or what, not Elizabethan. Um, like Victorian? Victorian, yeah, sorry. Yeah, way wrong century. Yeah, I know, shush. I always, I see, I talk Shakespeare at, at work, so I'm always talking Elizabethan, so. Whatever. So, yeah, it's uh, it was nice to have these weird games of Victorian values running through the game. It was kind of funny. Um, and then we bought Gloom. Actually, I didn't. Our friends, uh, it, was, it was given to me as a gift, as a promo, um, from our friends up at Source Comics and Games in Minnesota. So I got a copy of Gloom, and Gloom is the weirdest game. The cards are plastic, and they're really flexible because they're see-through. So you have, like, the main character's card, and then you basically... The whole point of the game is that you have a family, and you have this weird sort of uh, sort of dark family thing, and uh, you play cards trying to have horrible things happen to your family. 
So they get negative points. And once their points are in the negative and their own self-value and feelings of self-worth are in the negatives, then you can play the cards that kill them off. And the game ends when the first person kills off their whole family and you add up how negatively your family feels about themselves and the person who has the gloomiest family wins. And it seems really twisted. But the part is, as you play the cards, they all have little weird titles. And you have to work into that story. You have to explain it. So um, I was playing with my friend Gary Luther and Shu and Harrison. Oh, you know, that was nice, too. I got to thank Gary because Heather was tired and she was... Weren't you doing... A, you were doing a chain mail class, weren't you? This year we, div- we dive, dove into the scale mail realm. Oh, that's right. But so that's okay. You were doing scale mail. And so Gary came and picked up Harrison and I with Shu and we went out for chicken and waffles and then got back to play a game of gloom where we're just telling horrible stories about how horrible our families were doing until they all died. Um, and we saw some other cool things, too. I mean, you took some, like I said, your, your scale mail. How were your scale mail classes, by the way? Um, for the most part, pretty easy. But they won the, my, my, the, the signature piece that I did was difficult. Turned out good, but difficult. It's uh, it's surprising how much time and effort goes into those pieces. Now when I see them at like the Renaissance fairs and stuff, and you look at the prices, and you're like, how much? And then I realize how much of your time went into it. You're like, yeah, I could sell it for this, and I'd make like $3 an hour for my aggravation yeah, time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Straight-up chain mailing is actually fairly straightforward and easy. Um, Some links are, are a little more difficult to make, but uh, scale mail involves... The links and the skills themselves, which have to lay the right way, so it's a little, little different. I could probably do a skill, a uh, chainmail, like vest or something, within a week or so. But scale would take me a lot longer. But it did look really cool when it was done. Like Thank when you, you were finished with the piece, I was like, "Wow, that would look awesome if you could get like full clothing pieces out of it." But I could see it would take forever. Yeah, because it took me about. Eight hours to and do that piece. One, one wrong link, and there we were sitting here trying to figure out where the wrong link was. That was awful because I knew it was wrong. Um, Harrison and I sat in on several seminars. We got to do Q&As with Jim Butcher and Larry Correa, some mm-hmm. of my favorite authors. The one thing I saw that I really wanted and I showed some restraint against was Cthulhu Wars. And I did say you could get it. Well, I'm yeah. glad you didn't. Oh, but I did say you could. <laughs> the look on my face when I was looking at it must have been like a little kid at Christmas because I wasn't even going to ask. I mean, for those of you who don't know, it's a beautiful, it's a huge board. There are 74, it Models. comes with 74 miniatures ranging anywhere from a basic 28 millimeter, like a Warhammer figure, up to these things that look like big Warhammer monster size there's, I mean, Cthulhu and Yogg-Sothoth and Azathoth and the King in Yellow and all these things were there. Uh, 74 models. At two bucks a model, that would have been almost 150 bucks. Plus the board game. They even showed us the pieces, like the, the all the little tiles and the little, uh, you know, bits and stuff. Were Seemed really... about four times as thick as, as what you normally see when you with those cardboard push-out kind of pieces. Yeah, like all the tokens and stuff were really thick and huge. But the game was 200 Bucks and that's I mean that's no it was discounted to one one sixty nine yeah and then if you they then had, they had then they had at least another fifteen dollars off of the coupon right which meant I would have gotten it for at most one hundred and fifty four but and free shipping because it wasn't there they had to send it to they had to send it to you yeah um but basically I looked at that game and said it's gorgeous and I love it and nobody will play with me and that's where it came down to is that Harrison wouldn't have time you wouldn't want to play it. I don't think I'd have time to play with Harrison. No, because I'll be playing marrying Mr. Darcy. Exactly. And the girls are too young to play it, and my friends are all playing Warhammer. No one's going to want to stop to have a whole evening of Cthulhu fun. And my Mars Attacks dice game when it comes in. Yeah. So I just said, as much I, I would love to have it, it would sit on a shelf. And I'm not paying $150 for a shelf filler, basically. And Right. Oh, plus... When I was looking at their card, they have so many expansions coming out. If I were to buy everything, it would be like four or $500. And I just said, nope. Nope, yeah, nope, nope. nope. But it was gorgeous. And if you can see it, it's Cthulhu Wars. I'll put a link. I still have the card. I'll put a link to their website on the show because it's beautiful if you love Cthulhu. So, you know what? Uh, let's take a quick break again. Um, let's play that interview with me and Kip from Battlefoam. 
um, because they've got some cool new stuff coming up. Plus, Kip had a great idea that he was shooting out that I think everybody, when you hear it, will agree. And we need to start emailing Romeo at Battle Foam for this piece because it will be awesome for your uh, for your for your gaming needs. So we'll be right back. All right, and now we are back again, and I'm still here in the dealer's room at the Battle Foam booth. Kip from Battle Foam is here to talk with us. Kip, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, David, and thanks to all the listeners out there. Yeah, so, okay, first of all, I want to thank you. After Uh the big episode 100, you guys were generous enough. We had the contest NATO, and every sponsor threw in something. Um, Not only did you have donate the shield bag with Uh with the basic loadout, but the winner was from Canada. So then there was all. <laughs> so then I, I sent the email. I'm like, um, sorry, but it's international shipping. I didn't, you know, so. Yeah. It was totally, you guys, you know, I appreciate that a lot. No problem. It That's was, what we it, do. It really made our 100th episode sort of a big thing with, uh-huh. all the, with all the prize and stuff. But so now we're sitting around. I'm looking at the bajillion bags you've got. Yeah. So what is, what is new here at Battle Foam? Well, uh, here at Gen Con, we released um, our new hotness, which is going to be our stealth line. Uh, what we did is we introduced um, at Adepticon the, Mo- the Molly system which is now where you can put attachments on the outside of the bag so that not only can you customize the inside of the bag, you can now customize the outside of your bag so that everything works really efficiently. Uh, well, those straps were black, and, you know, it, it looks pretty cool on our on our old military green Kevlar heavy-duty outer, outer uh, shell. Um, but we did have people that were like, hey, you know, I kind of don't like the stripes. And we always have, every time we've done Black Limited Edition, we have people that are just like, oh, bring it back. They look so sleek. So um, we introduced here the Stealth line, which is the first two is the Black 720 and the Black 216. Okay. Um, which a lot of people with the Star Wars that are starting off in the 216 like that a lot better because now you have a black bag that matches. It's a little bit more clean looking. I've got a green 216 with my Star Wars stuff in it. And <laughs> I bet you're eyeballing that black one going, I want that. <laughs> I am eyeballing it. I actually am. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the that's a big thing. And uh, we're, we're also introducing, like I said, the the accessories for the Molly is uh, we have the, the new uh, media case. It's kind of like a really slim, uh, slim, I saw that it's like a pocket. slim pouch. Yeah, yeah, it's got the pocket you can put your dice or your little or cards and stuff in it. On yeah, the side. well, that yeah. one that one is going to be more for like a tablet or an iPad oh, or because okay. the interior is like that soft kind of like mouse pad material, so it's not going to scratch. Uh, and then on the outside, it's got a nice Velcro area, so whatever game you play, you can put a patch on there. It's like you play War Machine, but you like our 720, well, you can put all your patches on the outside with that. Oh, and then now okay. you can That's use your media for. pouch. Uh, the other two, yeah, we have the uh, the Molly Grenade. Um, and I was telling people today at the booth, like, we don't want you to really put grenades in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grenade pouch, but just because it sounds cool, it's it's uh, it's really good for like maybe a tape measure, some uh, a cell phone, okay. um, and then we have our Diddy pouch. Uh, that's actually the one that you're holding right now. The Diddy pouch. Uh, I laughed when I learned about the Diddy pouch because of the name. <laughs> well, so if you're not it's familiar, about the size of what people would call a fanny pack if you were going to exact, make fun of them. But well, it doesn't look like one. That, well, but it's about that truth, size. If you, want, if you want to know, like a little visual for you guys, when we call it the Diddy pouch, uh, I we I snapped it on the front of my belt like a fanny <laughs> pouch and started doing this dance from the nineties <laughs> from a song called Diddy, okay. my favorite boy, and Romeo was like. You're ridiculous. And he was laughing. Uh, <laughs> but then he explained to me, so I'll explain to you guys. The reason it's called Diddy is that's an actual military term for that size of a pouch that you put on your vest. Okay. Uh, and it's for, uh, you know, like shaving cream, your your razor, your toothbrush, anything when you're out in the field that you need. That's your your Diddy bag. So oh, yeah. it, it does actually have it it's meaning. About, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's about like the size of a bag, toiletry right? bag. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, And that's what they call it in the military. So you got Four snap, yes. uh, snaps on the back, so you can str- slip it through the straps on the side of your battle foam bag. Yes, and then and it's four snaps. So no matter whatever you put in no, here, that, it's, our, this is staying together. Our Molly system, it doesn't weave like uh, traditional. Uh, we made it a little bit easier so that it's uh, not a- annoying for anybody that's in the military that uses their Molly. Uh, it's going to slide through the um, the nylon straps and those straps are very very durable once you once you snap that on it's not going to be really easy for anybody to come <laughs> yeah. by and snap that off um, 
It's been it's been received received really really well. Uh, I kind of like that line. Uh, no, it's really cool. We also have a ton of our private to press tournament bags. So uh, here, which is kind of like a half size of the war machine bag. So if you've seen our war machine bags in the past, right? Uh, they're they're going to be about you know 15 inches across. Um, these are half that. So you're like seven and a half inches. They'll hold 15 inches of our half size foam. So it's going to be really good for people with colossals. Uh, if you want, oh, okay. if you don't want to lug around your big bag all day and you're going to a tournament, and you only have like one two lists. Throw a colossal in there, and then the half trays for all your troops. Great for 35, 50 point armies. Um, that's gonna that's been kind of flying off the shelves here. We we brought a ton of those, so we still have some left. But oh look, I see Wild West Exodus bags. What a surprise! <laughs> you got Wild West Exodus bags. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the Outlaw and the Bandit. The Bandit's similar to our C4 size. Uh, and then the uh, the outlaw bag, uh, comparable to like the half size of a, of a war machine bag. The other way, you know, I was just telling you about the tournament bag. Right, it's half size on the like the vertical end. That one's kind of like a uh, nine inch high war machine bag rather than the twelve. Right. So they hold this the uh, similar footprint. Um, those have been pretty cool. Little, you know, nice red outline on there. So absolutely, no, it's they look really sharp. So and and anyone who comes down to and obviously this would be out after Gen Con, but guys, anyone who comes by knows they've got the bag set up now. If you want to do, a, if you want to buy mm-hmm. your custom loadout, you have like every yes, every design of foam that you guys sell is here. I'm looking at the yes. Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, I may have to pick up because you've got the ones for those ridiculously oversized Star Wars <laughs> cruisers on that one. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Um, but I mean, everything for their needs is right here, and they can oh, come yeah. and, and load them out. Um, I have the I have the the giant the fifteen twenty the custom loadout, mm-hmm. and um, I mean anything you need. That's one of the things that's great. If anyone doesn't realize it yet, uh, on your guys' website you have your custom tray creator. Yes, and just dude measure out or trace out your models, and they're going to put the exact piece of foam you mm-hmm. need in that bag for you. Um, yeah, we, it's perfect. It we, really is. We do our best to you know keep our inventory stocked with stuff that's that's simple like. Uh, you know, order off our website and not have to do all that work. But tell you the truth, if you want to get, if you want to maximize the efficiency of your bag, then the custom tray creator is the way to go. <laughs> well, plus for the people who are doing their own custom conversions or, oh, yeah. or scratch building oh, their yeah. models, that you're not. That's not. There you go. You've got it set. But yeah, I'm just looking at. You could fit. You got stuff where you can fit about 70 dwarfs in a tray, all the oh, way yeah. up to the big trays where you're going to fit. You know, three or four of your of your monstrous uh, infantry into that those pieces and totally, it's fantastic. <laughs> so, what not, once again, what's mm-hmm. the what's the names of the new case uh, the new case line you're putting out just in case they want to go to your website and look for We've it? We've been calling it the. It's going to be in your normal uh, pack system bags. Okay. Uh, that's going to be your premier storage. Um, Elite would be our uh, black label line, which is the military grade cases. Um, those are those metal. Uh, the hard, yeah, yeah the they're, hard they're, cases. they're similar to a uh, pelican case. If you, if anybody's familiar with those, so right. you know they're they're waterproof, fire resistant. You can check them in, uh, and the the box will actually pressurize with the plane on the bottom part of it, so it'll keep all your stuff safe and dry inside. Oh wow! It's um, if you were if you were uh, gonna check any bag, that would be the only one that that I would feel really like. Our stuff is very durable. Um, but air pressure, man. If it's not oh, yeah. pressurized, that can uh, that can cause some a, a little bit of problems every once in a while. So that's why we came out with that black label case for the very, really serious travelers. Um, that would be in the elite. But the uh, the premier, you look for our new stealth line, uh, and stay tuned because we're going to be having a lot more of those bag changes. Uh, you coming into the black, and you'll be uh, a lot more of the Molly accessories. And I've heard rumors. <laughs> Because I started the rumor. Hold on, exclusive here, folks. You're gonna yeah, hear yeah. it here first. And I'm 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 pushing for it. Is uh, possibly like a waterproof cooler attachment for the side of the 1520. <laughs> for, for those who want to have a diet coke during yeah, their exactly. Games. Yes, yeah, exactly. If you want to like drink your lunch or some, <laughs> I drink Coke Zero. <laughs> you know, beverages that you would want to keep cold. While you're playing, because well, you want a nice cold one. Yes, then right. There, exactly. Right. Uh, are you Are you with me on that? Um, I got you. I All think. Right. I, I think. Let's start the position. I, I'm, I'm one. chirping in the ear over there. I don't know when, when or if, but we'll look or, for that on the horizon. <laughs> well, you know, and I've got the, like I said, I got the fifteen twenty. You know those those little sixteen zipper tops. Oh yeah. 
Dude, get a three inch zipper top like that. You there could you put go. you got your whole lunch packed in there, there with you your go. cold ones. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm working on it, working on it. We'll and, see though. And no I'll promises. Tell you this. I told Sean this uh-huh. uh, when we when he talked about Wild West Exodus when he yeah. was on a couple weeks ago. I have all my battle foam in uh, my storage area in my basement. Yeah. And I don't know what happened, but one of the pipes started sweating above one of my I had an old sable bag and I had bought oh, some here. So yeah. but I got rid of all the foam and I bought all your guys foam but I mm-hmm. you know, kept the bag cuz you know what the heck. Um, I just keep it for when I'm not transporting when I got yeah. stuff at home. Well it started sweating it was I didn't realize it was dripping on there. Well, I grabbed the bag, took it with me to a tournament, unzipped the top of the bag and in one corner where all my zombies were, mm-hmm. there was about an eighth of an inch, maybe quarter inch of water in about five or six of the little trays. But it was just in those oh, yeah. trays. And so I went, oh, no. I, and I picked it up, and I realized it hadn't gone. It had no. you're, The foam is, I mean, I've, I've bought a lot of cases. And my yeah. biggest beef is when I go put that model in, if it's a tight squeeze, when I pull it out, it rips the foam off the base. Off the base, yes. Your foam was holding the water in each little yep. cube. So there was five little trays with models that were damp. Yes. It didn't go through anywhere. Now, That's I'm not saying to submerge <laughs> your battle foam case. <laughs> That's true. But what, I mean, I was, I first, I, there was this huge panic. Then I was like, I have to tell these guys yeah. this story because that's the quality of the foam you're getting. I mean, I, everyone hears my commercials on, 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 the, on the podcast. We uh-huh. run your commer- and and I'm, I'm, I, I've, I've actually sort of berated people sometimes on a thing for, what kind of foam <laughs> are you using? Because it's junk. It's, yeah. That's why I spring for battle foam. Yeah, that's why it's guaranteed for life, man. Like our, our glue that we use seals that thing to the bottom of the tray. It should never come off. If it does come off, please email us because uh, as long as it's not an intentional tear, because, I mean, you pull or cut something hard enough, you're going to pull it off. Right. But um, everyday wear and tear should not happen, man. And we can tell. I've seen I've seen, I've seen, seen defects that happens, and that's just uh, we got a little bit of dryage, you know, yeah. before it goes on. It doesn't go on at the right time, and uh, that's about the only time, but. When it's on, normally that stuff should never come off for the life, for life. Exactly. My son came downstairs and saw me. I had the, my dwarf case, and yeah. I, so I had a couple of the banner bearers, yeah. and they just wouldn't fit. So he saw me. I pulled out my exacto, and I just <laughs> yeah. trimmed one cube into two. He's yeah. like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've got it. He's like, you're cutting. He, he was, <laughs> you're cutting. Your, he's like, don't te- they'll kill you. Don't tell no. them. Like, I suggest you? that all the time. He and was like, I do oh. that myself. But it was like a cardinal sin. But it is. Yeah. It's glued all the way to the bottom. And I didn't need to cut all the way. I cut through half, and it was thick. I had to get a nice mm-hmm. fresh exacto to do it. Mm-hmm. This was not something you could just reach and pull and tear nah. like some of that other stuff. Although with a nice fresh blade, it does cut like a hot knife through butter. It is. Uh, and I, I do that with my own foam. It's... It's like a quick customization, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it won't it won't deteriorate the tray. No, as long as not you don't, at all. As long as you don't like cut the heck out of it, but yeah. as long as you're not hacking at yeah, it, exactly. like you know, you know, as long as you're not taking a Michael Myers to yeah, it, right? You're good. You should, it should be okay. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so listen. Thank you so no much bo- for coming on. I know you got to get back. I know, yeah, and plus I'm taking busy. up I'm taking up a big chunk of your table here with my equipment. So I will pack up and I will get out of here. But thank you guys so much for coming on. And no just problem. remember, guys, when you got something new, something new announced, when the cooler is announced, yes. dude. In fact, remember when the cooler is <laughs> being announced. And I know Romeo's got his own show, uh, but outside of 40K Radio, uh-huh. I want to be the first one to announce right, the cooler. Man. Okay, if, if it does, I'm chirping still. We'll see. It might be like a year, but okay. I'm working on it. <laughs> Listeners, I know, I, I know, I'm, I know, I'm preaching to an audience of hundreds, but I also know that a lot of my listeners have ordered Battle Foam. Email Romeo. Yeah. <laughs> we want a Romeo cooler. at battlefoam.com, I think is what it is, or whatever. Find him. We want a cooler we case want a cooler. for our frosty beverages and maybe a sandwich. Yeah, so right. We need, so I be, dude, if he gets enough requests, I mean. Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> Romeo's no dummy. If he'll make a buck off it, he's going to make it. I know that guy. Uh, so we, we got to do it. We got to get it done. Cooler pack. The, the, you know, Cooler to make your bag cooler. It'll be the C-Pack. Right. The C-Pack. Well, there we already know. have a C-Bag. Oh, you That's have our, a C-Bag. Yeah, it's our, our C-Bag is our comic bag uh, and, uh, like, uh, rule book bag. Okay. So all your codexes and stuff. So we couldn't call it that. No, okay. we got to think of yeah. something. The, the cold one pack or yeah. something like that. The pack ice. There you go. <laughs> the pack ice. That's it. We've got it. You heard it here first, folks. All right. Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on. No problem. Folks, we'll be right back. Fear of being rich.
Here we are. Okay, time to wrap up. Um, so, Heather, what was your overall impression of Gen Con this year? I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty crowded. Um, we had talked about the cosplay, which, you know, Harrison did last year, and he looked awesome as Link. He, so many people stopped him to take a picture. He was a very good Link, but he's he's got a face and the hair and everything. He's slightly elven features, I guess you might say. Except for or his, leprechaun. Or, well, yeah, or leprechaun features. <laughs> so putting him in the Link costume, and I, I we, we I bought the ear extensions, and we put them on him and stuff. And he's just cute. It's the red hair. Yeah, yeah. People kept stopping him to take pictures. He looked really good as Link. But his costume was a little small this year, so we have to get a new. Oh, one. was it? Is that why he didn't wear it? Yeah. He didn't tell me why. I thought he just left it at home. No. Um, but I thought that there wasn't as much cosplay going on, and you and I had discussed it, and I. I don't mean to offend any cosplayers out there, but it was so noticeable. People who carried weapons or some sort of accessory need to learn how to use foam core and paint and stay away from duct tape. Yeah, a lot of duct tape weapons, stuff just made straight up out of duct tape over cardboard. And, you know, the silver duct tape, black duct tape handles. I mean, it, it, foam core people, it's lighter. And it looks better. And it looks way better. Yeah, I was disappointed, actually, with all the cosplayers this year. I mean, there just seemed to be fewer of them, too, which mm-hmm. seemed weird because maybe it was just there was more people. They were spread out. But um, By contrast, now, this just this past weekend, I went to Wizard World Chicago and got some pictures of a great falcon. Oh, my gosh, he looks so good. He had the wings and everything. And they just seemed to take a whole lot more. And I, I granted, I understand that it's Comic-Con versus Gen Con, but... Gen Con used to have some pretty impressive things going on there as far as their cosplay. And it just seemed they were everywhere. Now, there was a really cool guy who dressed as uh, one of the black wizards from uh, Final Fantasy. Like the first Final Fantasy. Oh, the black mage. Sorry. The black mage from Final Fantasy. We did see a bunch of Anna and Elsa's. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know what it is? Doctors. Doctors oh, everywhere. Oh, doctors everywhere. But you know what it is? I guess I you know, I watched some of that cosplay show. I know you you watch oh, it too. Heroes of Cosplay? Heroes yes, of Cosplay. With Yaya Han and all those people who really like put so much time and effort. And I've seen mm-hmm. costumes, especially the last couple of years at Gen Con, that people have put blood, sweat, and tears into. Like, wow, that looks like the real deal. Yes. And this year... Where you we, double take and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. And this year we saw a lot of store-bought costumes and, you know... And duct tape and weaponry. <laughs> And that's not to – hey, listen, you know what? More power to you. If that's what you put together because you want to do it, do it. I mean, it's just, you know, just because you got a, a, a Captain America T-shirt on doesn't make – you know, the guy standing there with a Captain America T-shirt with all the with all the cosplayers. Right. I was like, okay, that's not quite uh, – that. I mean, there were so few people. I only saw like five different Deadpools this year, which mm-hmm. is – because there's always 20 or 30 guys walking around wanting to be Deadpool and wanting to out-Deadpool each other. I'm crazier than you. I hate Deadpool. I just hate Deadpool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heather's checking I me. just had to double check because apparently these guys who like to – play Deadpool haven't heard of a jock strap or a cup or anything and it's all swinging out there in the wind and yeah, yeah tight body bad. outfits where you can see whether or not they've been circumcised and it's like oh really hey guys Seriously. just a note from a woman out there that's bad yuck <laughs> oh and and I'm oh David's gonna give me flack for this if you're not Scottish don't wear a kilt there were so many kilts out there, and I know you guys all like your utility kilts and stuff. But the there are people. Are cool. There are there were quite a few people there that I can't unsee this now. <laughs> okay, here's it the cannot thing with be the unseen. Here's the thing with the kilts. I like kilts. I'm too fat to wear a kilt. Personally, I like kilts. But if you're going to wear a kilt, put on the shirt. Have the kilt coming up. Have have the part that comes up around over your shoulder. Have the whole nine yards with it, not just a kilt and then, like, your Batman T-shirt, or not just a kilt. And yeah, and your golf shirt. The, oh. the kilt and the golf shirt. Oh. Now, you got to remember when David and I got married, I had a bagpiper in full kilt and everything. He was one of the Shannon... He was actually the leader of the Shannon Rovers, which, if you're from the local area, is a is 
quite famous for their for their piping. And so that's that's my heritage. I'm half Italian and half I British pushed, Isles. I actually pushed for kilts on me and the wedding party. But and I said no. Yeah. I think kilts are badass. Kilts are badass. That's but, why I watch Outlander. But you need the full getup for it. I'm Absolutely. Serious. You need the part that comes over your shoulder and over the chest. Yes. You need the white shirt. Yes. If Just you're going to do it, do it right. Don't wear the kilt with the golf shirt. Please. Please don't wear the <laughs> kilt with the golf shirt. And now that we've offended uh, so many people in our audience. Hey, listen. I'm sorry. I'm a, opinionated. It's it's who I am. It's hey, If that's what you want to wear, that's what you want to wear. I'm just... Like I said, I was I look forward to seeing the really cool cosplays, you know, and we did see some cool ones. Um, I saw some cool. Ones. I took a picture of some cool ones, but uh, on I don't the whole, think. Hold on, I'm going to grab my phone because I don't think I took any because I didn't think they were good. Other than when I went to Comic Con and took some there. What did I do? I got Lego Batman looked really cool. I like Lego Batman. The Jawas looked really cool. Okay, the Jawas were cool. Anna and Elsa looked pretty good. Oh, um, the guy who was the Cobra Rattler pilot from G.I. Joe. He looked like the Cobra Rattler pilot yeah, from G.I. Joe. Yeah, he and did. And that was not a store-bought costume. He, why, it was Wild Weasel, and he made him, and he looked great. Uh, I did take that picture with Jack Skellington because Kira loves Jack Skellington. He looked good. Yeah, Lego Batman looked really good. Oh, yeah, that does look good. The Jawas were good. But I will say the Jawas were good. For the most part, just not all that impressed with the with the cosplay. And some people love it, and some people don't even care for it. Um, I think if it looks good, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, as long as they don't stop to take pictures when I'm trying to walk through, then it's okay. That's true. So I think for next year, um, we're going down Wednesday night. Yeah, we're going to go Wednesday mistakes, night. Mistakes were made. Yeah, we're gonna be, we're gonna make sure we're home on the day that tickets go on sale, or that the the room that, block that the room block opens up, so we can try to get a room as close as possible. And as soon as that stuff, that's the big thing. We're gonna register early because I think I think next year I'd like to do a blood bowl tournament or something. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just wandering around, I've done so many of the seminars for years and years now. That's that, why I do the chain mailing classes because they're all a little different. Yeah. But I'm going to try to get in on a, one or two tournaments for something um, if I can get in early and they don't lock up because just wandering the hall and getting interviews is fun. But at some point, I ran out of things to do. Like, I was kind of ready to go home Sunday. Yeah, me too. Oh, and then we well, did. Well, we ran out of money anyway, so. Well, well, that yeah, the last thing we bought was what we picked up for the girls. We picked them up, the My Little Pony card game. Because you know, where there's a con, there are bronies. Ugh. <laughs> oh, so we were able to pick them up Walking around I actually did Oh, I, You know what, I take that back I did see quite a few bronies, no furries mm. I saw a couple of furries oh, so. no. I missed out on those Anyway You know what, I think that's about it How about you? Anything else you can think of? Uh, no, I think that's it All in all, I had a really good time uh, it's just weird. This year was weird. It was like Harrison took off and did what he wanted. We kind of walked around. I got some interviews. We didn't buy nearly as much stuff as we normally do. Well, And it was substantially bigger, though, this year because usually the vendor's room cut off in that one spot and it expanded into that other hall, which yeah. was usually magic tournaments. Oh, we did get our cool uh, dice rings. <gasps> How can we forget our, our rings? I didn't get a dice ring. Well, uh, technically, they're all called I dice got, rings. I got a spinning ring. Yeah, uh, it's a ring that you could buy, and they had uh, anywhere from a D D three to a D one hundred, and you just they're they're metal rings with the spinny parts on them. And Harrison and I got the D one hundreds or percentile dice, whatever you want to call them. You spin them, and it gets a percentage. But they have uh, they have dice for pretty much every. They have the dice with the two rings where you could spin it, and it will pick your race and alignment for D and D. You got a great one. What did you get? I got. Rock, paper, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. Okay, now why don't you say it so people can actually hear it? Oh. Why couldn't you hear it? Because you're talking like this. Oh, uh, I got rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. Yes. In we, rainbow. In rainbow. You know what I wish they had? I wish they had a lucky, a magic. You all should have gotten the rainbow ones. Those are way cooler than your okay. stuffy black ones. Okay, I didn't want a rainbow ring. Oh, it's so cool. No. It's not like pride rainbow. It's. 
No, it's like weird, shiny looking at oil on the sidewalk. Yes, and oil then, on the side on, on, on some water. That's what it looks like. It's cool, cool. I'm glad you enjoy yours. Um, you know what I want them to make though, and I asked, I want them to make a magic eight ball ring. <laughs> that's the you one. know, that's my big joke at work. I need to actually bring one in because I think that people at my job make stupid decisions and they're just doing it with a magic eight ball. So I'm going to bring a magic eight ball into work and. And when I have what we call the D, the decision, I'm using the magic eight ball. Answer unclear. Ask again later. That's, All signs point to yes. <laughs> That's what I'm going to use. But I like the percentile ring because if my kids don't do their homework, I'm just going to roll randomly on the ring. Mm. You should tell them that. Oh, I've already shown them the ring. That's They're not awesome. happy with the ring. So. That's awesome. All right, folks. That's our Gen Con coverage for this year. Heather, thanks for taking an hour. Out of your busy schedule? I am busy. Oh, I'm just lucky it's not Big Brother night. Or we That's right. Be, or we wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, next year we'll be back again. Cut more coverage, more interviews. Um, I'm going to start saving up now so we could buy more games next year because, boy, we got some cool stuff. But, but not nearly as many as we had last year. We're just looking at the pile here on the table, and it's not so impressive. It's not as impressive. But then again, we also didn't impulse buy this year. There was a lot of stuff that we looked at and they said it's it was the same price as it would be at our friendly local game store. And if it's already out, we just wrote it down. That is true. And we're going to pick it up at UGG since they sponsor the show. There was no point there was no point in my paying retail price and then lugging it all over God's green earth to get it home when I could write the name down, go over to UGG and then pick it up for the same thing if I needed it. And actually help out our local game store. Support your friendly local game stores. That's right. All right. So that's it, folks. Um, we will be back. Or I will be back. Heather will be back next year. <laughs> I will be back in a week Unless or two. Unless there's pressing questions y'all have for me. Yeah. If you got I any questions. I can't imagine. Put them in the show thread. Maybe we'll get a whole segment on a, a Heather's gaming segment. Right. Because she's going <laughs> to take time for this. But, um, yeah, you'll hear this. And we will be up in a couple of weeks with episode 104 or 105. Don't worry, folks. Very shortly, we'll be covering the end time for Warhammer and covering all the Nagash books like you've asked. I can't wait. Some, oh, no, you can't wait. It's great. With bated breath, I wait. You should read the fluff. You'd like it. So, all right, folks. Talk to you later. Let's do the yah yahs now. I'm